But those are the things you look at. And, and the goal here is if you're not here, who will put the right values and lead by example for the kids? Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Welcome into Complete Estate Planning alongside Nick Rosenbauer, who is the estate planning attorney and owner at Rosenbauer Law Office. I am Ben George, and we're glad to have you here on the podcast. First time you join us. Thanks for being here. You can find us online at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. We cover all kinds of estate planning and legacy planning conversations. And today, we got a good one, Nick, because um, it's all about who can you trust. And I would just say uh, probably no one, and let's just go ahead and end the episode, but you do have some information to provide us today. <laughs> well, that would be certainly be the glass half empty approach, <laughs> although sometimes it may be the realistic approach uh, depending on the family. Uh, but right, so we're we're going to talk about a number of different things, uh, like it or not, uh, going through estate planning. You have people that you are going to have to give jobs to or roles to, whether it's taking care of you, taking care of the money, taking care of the kids, and we have to be able to count on someone when we can't count on you anymore. Whether you're sick, in a, unavailable, pass away, whatever it may be, um, so. One of the things I tell my clients is I don't have a cloning lab uh, in our back <laughs> office here where I can clone responsible adults that can be programmed to meet your specifications. Um, I'm good. I'm not that good. Right. Uh, but, but we'll talk about a couple different things on at least what the job descriptions are and what people are, the people you count on, what they will need to do. And the way I go about it with all my clients is I say, close your eyes, listen to the things that they will be doing. And if something happens to you, who is it who's handling that in a perfect scenario? And a lot of times, Ben, we don't have perfect answers for these. We're looking at what is our best option. Hopefully, we have multiple good options, but what is the best? How can we make the best out of a bad situation? And I'm guessing, too, a lot of people might be hesitant to set up their estate plan because of this this issue, right? I mean, there's all kinds of reasons for why you don't actually take that step and, and do what you know is best for your family. But probably a lot of it is, I just don't know who I want to pick in this situation. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit down with an attorney until I actually know that and can actually start working through some things. Is that, is that the case? That's actually a great point. You're absolutely right. Um, the, the biggest reason people don't do this is just procrastination. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Um, second biggest reason is they, I think in the back of their mind, people know that they're eventually going to have to come up with answers and they know those conversations may not be pretty and they know that some of them may be tough. Um, and so it's just, uh, I guess, an avoidance thing. Well, I don't, I don't want to have that conversation. Let's deal with that later. Um, which is obviously the wrong way to go. But you're right. You would not believe how many people who I talk to and say, I can't do this until I think about this or that. Or they'll tell me, Nick, I've known I need to do this for years, but I've been afraid to pick a guardian, for example. Um, and I'd actually go the opposite way on that. Um, you'll definitely need to come up with answers before you can finalize things. But I think it's not a bad idea to talk to your attorney 
And the attorney can't tell you who gets your money and who the guardian is, but the attorney can help paint the picture for you and give you suggestions and guide you through the process. So I tell, I act as a tour guide, uh, if you will. That's the way I describe it for for my clients uh, and help walk them through it. So if you're going to do it and you know you're going to do it, get some guidance uh, and get a little bit of help here. And then maybe the attorney can provide the right answers or answer certain questions and help paint the picture so you can come up with uh, the final answer, so to speak. So we're going to break it down into those three different categories today, garden, guardians, trustees, and executors, and, um, and agents as well, power of attorney agents. So we'll go through that today. And before we get started, I'll remind you, you can schedule a call with Nick anytime, but just visiting the website, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. You're going to find the button right there on the front. Very easy, quick to do. And all of our podcasts are there as well. So if you want to go back and there's something specific that you're looking for, like, hey, Brittany, uh, Brittany Spears, although we do need to update her, but we did an episode before. Um, or if it's something else more important, like your trustees or whatever, whatever, I mean, your trust, whatever it is, Nick, you can find it on the website as well. CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. That's where you can find it. All right. So let's jump into this, this conversation today on who can you trust? Who actually can you trust? And, and what can you be thinking about? And how can we help you work through this decision? Because these are so important for your estate plan. So let's begin with guardians, Nick. Exactly. Well, and and to answer the first question, you may not be able to trust anyone. Um, and if that's the case, I can't, I can't change your mind on that. I'm not a psychologist, although some of the things we talk about is very emotional. But let's paint the picture of the guardianship. So first off, what the guardian does is we're talking about a guardian for your minor children. So if you die before all the kids have reached adulthood, someone needs to serve as the substitute parent for you uh, until the kids reach age 18. And I'll be honest with you, Ben, and you know, and it's our situation, it's probably your situation as well, especially with young kids. Grandma and grandpa, or grandmas and grandpas, if we have multiples, uh, are usually the first people we think of because they spoil the kids. They they watch them at night. They probably spend the most time with them. So um, a lot of situations, and, and, and it would be our situation today, and, and Ben, maybe yours is the same. If my wife and I uh, had to go out of town tomorrow on an emergency, we would leave our son uh, with a grandparent, with one of the grandparents, mm-hmm. okay? Because that's the first thing that we think of. Um, for guardians, I don't know that that's always a great idea because we're not just thinking of the here and now, but how old will these guardians be when the kids are 18? And that's when they're legal adults. But also, Ben, you got to go past that. I like to go till 22 or 23. Because, Ben, did you get uh, an eviction notice on your 18th birthday? When... <laughs> no. Probably not. Exactly. <laughs> and some do. I have plenty of clients who are from that old school My parents mentality. probably thought about it, but I didn't get well, it. Well, <laughs> they probably thought about it long before 18. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, at least for mine. Um, I don't know about yours. And my parents, I would not have blamed them if they thought about it. However, you know, how old will these people be when the kids reach age 18? Oh, and then by the way, if they go off to college for four years and they come back in the summer and over Christmas break, they'll still have their room there. So what are they doing? Moving out at 22, 23? Even if they're not legal guardians anymore, if you have a two-year-old, how old would these people be 20 years from now? 
And if you're sitting about a 65-year-old grandparent, everything's okay now. But now we're talking late 80s. So not only who's good right now, but who can finish the job. So then you can see it's a moving target. I have a lot of people say, well, today, this is who I'd want. But 15 years from now, they'll be too old. They may not even be here. Okay, so you got to think about the long game here. Um, and you know, obviously, there's no perfect answer. We need to pick the best option. And I think the best way to do that, um, one, tread carefully if you and your spouse, if you're married, have differing views on the in-laws. Be very careful um, with this. Okay, so should I get everyone to sign a, a liability waiver saying I'm not going to be held responsible if you know these people have knocked down drag out fights, you know, mm-hmm. talking with guardy, talking with their spouse about how much they hate uh, their sister or brother or something like that? I don't know, um, <clears throat> but it's a tough thing to go through. And I tell people to try and look with who aligns the most with your wishes and your values on how you want your children raised. Uh, location's a big thing. Geography. Someone, do you have anyone who's close by, close to the rest of the family? Because you don't want to ship them off to California if all the family lives in New York, because you'll never see grandma and grandpa and they'll never have help. Now, again, assuming we have better options, can they stay in the same school district? Can they still hang out with their friends? How much of a shock is it going to be to move them to a different house? Um, Do you have people who value education the way you do? And I'm not saying everyone needs to go get their PhD, but, you know, whatever your values are and how important you think education is, find someone with a match there. Religious values. Find someone who has the same or similar beliefs for religious values. Um, If you're, you know, if you're a very stout Roman Catholic uh, and you go to church every Sunday— I don't know that you would be happy if your kids went to someone who was an atheist and thought religion was silly, Mm. or vice versa. And and this is not a religious discussion, but find someone who matches up. Work ethic, same thing. Someone who will teach the kids good work ethic. Overall morality, uh, and that can go a number of different ways. Um, Physical beliefs, if you think it's good for kids to be active, take care of themselves, uh, play sports, you know, meet friends, stay in shape, get out of the house, not play video games all day. Who's going to help make sure that happens? Uh, and then also val- uh, values and beliefs around money. Um, and again, I'm not telling people what's right or wrong. Right. Ben, there's obviously a sliding scale on this, but you need to have a good, hard conversation on how you want values passed on to your children and then look at it from these different prongs, if you will. And hopefully pictures of people will start coming into your head on who is a good match. And then basically you just look at all the options and you find out which is the best because there's going to be no perfect answer. Uh, But those are the things you look at. and, And the goal here is if you're not here, who will put the right values and lead by example for the kids. Yeah. A lot of things to think through there. And you're right. It's not about which one of those bullet points is, is correct or right or wrong. It's about just finding somebody that aligns with your beliefs and those matches are out there for you. So that's uh, some things to think about for guardians. All right. Trustees and executors, you know, these, these people that are going to be in charge of settling your estate and administering your inheritance. Obviously this is a, a tough one to try to settle on, but how do you try to work through this one, Nick? 
Well, it's it's hard. It's not always as hard as Guardians, but I'd say it's second hardest. Um, obviously, you need someone who is you know that you can trust and responsible with finances. I like to call these person these people the handlers. So Ben, if you have a big family, you know if you have ten aunts and uncles, there's one or two people in every family who just get stuff done. You know, get out of my way. I'm going to handle it. Who's going to make sure the bills get paid? The house gets sold. The grass gets cut. The final tax return gets filed, and we're not let with things left with things sitting for months and months and months. Find the person who does that. Um, and then also one other thing to think of: if you're using a trust, so something with some discretion or a longer term inheritance, then you want to make sure you pick someone that you trust their judgment. Because obviously, Ben, you're going to set up guidelines on what you want, but there will also be something where the trustee will have to determine what's reasonable. So if my estate plan set up to say, you know, education, basic support, and medical needs are covered, and then the money's handed over at a certain age, well, I need to think of when someone calls the trustee and says, hi, I need money for this, Who's going to say that's appropriate? Um, the best example to give here is when your child turns 16 and she says, I need money for a car. Do you want to pick the person who says, here's $500? The person who says, here's $5,000? Or the person that says, here's $50,000? So, Ben, even within your direction... Uh, there's going to be uh, some leeway and there's going to be some judgment. So make sure you pick the right person. Uh, Also, some people will choose their children uh, to serve as an executor or trustee, especially with a trust. That could be okay as long as you're okay giving them an outright inheritance. I've had people say, uh, I want my kids to get the money when they reach age 30. Um, And then they name their 22-year-old son as the trustee. Now, wait a minute. So one of your 22-year-old son, one of his jobs is to keep his hands from getting on his own money for eight more years. You know, either we trust him or we don't. So sometimes naming the kids isn't a great option. Um, And I know we've talked about this previously. Sometimes you want to consider a corporate or a professional trustee. And obviously the banks, the investment firms, uh, they can do that. Uh, There's certainly a fee for it but they do everything by the book and you don't have to worry about a death or an incapacitation. So that's pretty much what we're doing. Hopefully that paints a picture of who is the best person for the job based on the job description. Well, we're two thirds of the way through this conversation. Again, we're talking about who can you trust and and how you go about picking these people as part of your estate plan. Um, Power of attorney agents. This is obviously, I guess, would you say third on your list of importance, but still uh, a difficult one to, to settle on? Well, I, I hesitate to say it's the least important. Um, I think it's the one that people worry about the least. Uh, whether it's the least important, I, I would probably debate that. But this is someone who takes care of you while you're still alive. This is not something who takes care of the money or takes care of the kids. So people typically are coming in selflessly wanting to set things up for the family. And then I say, let's be selfish for a minute and see who will take care of you. And they almost see it as an afterthought. So two different roles here. So for the finances, uh, the financial or the property power of attorney, 
similar job duties as our trustee or executor just on your behalf while you're alive only. So you need someone trustworthy with finances, get the bills paid, get the taxes filed, renew the tags on the car. If we need to get to the bank, we can do it. Another thing to keep in mind here, uh, location is not as much of a deal breaker as it was 20 years ago. 20 years ago, it would have been impossible for me to handle your finances from across the country. I can't get your mail. I can't write checks. I can't go to your bank. Uh, but Ben, with... Um, whether it's high-speed internet, whether it is unlimited long-distance calling. Shoot, Ben, I'm sure you probably remember when you had nights and weekend minutes were cheaper and yep. long-distance was more expensive. Did you ever buy one of those calling cards back in the day? I know what you're talking about. People probably think we're crazy. <laughs> what is a calling card? But yeah, I know, I know. So it, 20 years ago, it would have been a nightmare. But with online bill pay, automatic bill pay, online banking e-statements. I can pay my mortgage from anywhere in the world with an internet connection. So location's a tiebreaker. Um, so if you have two people you trust, one of them's local, one of them's not, there's the obvious choice. But it's no longer a deal breaker uh, like it used to be. But that's pretty much what we're looking at for your power of attorney to handle financial, legal, uh, property matters on your behalf. The other one is for medical a healthcare power of attorney, so those types of decisions. You need someone who's emotionally strong. Okay, so think about it, and, and this sounds really grim, but the way I look at it, you know, they need to step up in a tough situation when you're medically incapacitated. They need to have good sound judgment, ability to ask questions, be an advocate, ask for help if needed. And again, this is rather grim, but the picture I paint, I tell people, let's say you got in a horrible car accident, you're in a coma, you're laying in the hospital, and the doctor's looking around, going out to the waiting room, saying, we have a risky treatment that we can try, don't know if it's going to work, what do we do here? Who's the person talking to the doctor who gives the direction and say, let's go with option A or let's go with option B? Who's that person? That's who needs to serve uh, health care power of attorney and handle the medical decisions. So, again, you see why people prioritize this the least. But on the flip side, I'm saying someone taking care of you is probably, I would not put that at the bottom of the priority list. Although most of my clients coming in, it's the least important to them because they're worried about others. But you can see why this is a big role as well. Yeah, each of these roles are uh, very important, and, and that's why you take time to think through them, and it can be a challenge, but um, hopefully this, this episode's given you some thoughts on how to do that. But is there any just kind of general guidance, Nick, you can provide when you're trying to think through these things and figure out any of these decision makers? Well, first off, I, I always like to paint the picture and see what the job duties are before offering someone the job. Um, so I know people do that backwards. Oh, I'll have my son handle everything. Well, think about what they're handling and then tell me if your son's the right person to do it. Um, obviously, you need someone who's trustworthy and all of these roles are a fiduciary role, uh, which means someone who acts in your best interest and they have a duty to take care of you, even to their own detriment. Um, they have to be legal adults in order to do it. So at least 18. Although, Ben, I'll tell you, uh, at age 18, I was not fit to do a lot of these roles. I was not fit to be a guardian for a, an underage child. I was not fit to settle an inheritance. 
I was not fit to make a life-altering decision uh, medically for a parent. So I know some people, oh, my son's 18. Well, that's fine, but close your eyes and tell me if you think he's going to crack under pressure or handle this. Also, is it fair to give them that responsibility? This isn't an honor, it's a job. Okay, so it's not a whole heck of a lot of fun. So don't worry about hurting people's feelings by not naming them. If someone doesn't name me as a power of attorney agent, I'll say thank you. Um, (laughs) I, I won't be offended. And then the last thing, have multiple backups. It just blows my mind, and I think it's borderline malpractice. Um, when I see people come in and maybe they have a plan done by someone else and it says, my husband's my power of attorney. I'm like, okay, well, he's dead now. Who's your backup? Oh, we didn't talk about that. What? Hmm. You, you know, and they both named each other. Well, they're, they're both going to die at some point and it's not future proof. You need to future proof this. Have backups, have multiple backups. Not only so you can cover the what-ifs, but also, what if someone is not in a position to do the job? What if someone named me as power of attorney, and when it's time to take care of my parent, I am traveling overseas. I'm over in Europe for work, Mm -hmm. and I have a terrible cancer diagnosis that my wife is dealing with, and I'm just, you know, I just don't have the ability, or I'm sick. Okay, what if someone doesn't need me for years and then I'm in bad shape? Um, If there's multiple backups behind me, then I can sit there and say, you know what, I can't do the job right now, but I can pass the torch. I can pass the baton on to someone else. If it just says Nick is power of attorney and that's it, I'm going to be forced to do the job because there's no one else who can do it. And Ben, you can see there's always situations where someone is not fit for the job or they can't handle the job. And I personally don't think it's fair to dump that on them, you know, when it's not a good fit or it's not something they can add to their plate right now. So the backups protects you. And I also think it's good for your caretakers so that they're not thrown into something they can't do, which Ben ultimately means we don't have someone who does a good job taking care of you because their plate's already full. So it's selfish and selfless at the same time. So just a couple things to think about. And that's for all of our decision makers that we went over. Guardians, trustees, executors, power of attorney agents. uh, Those things probably apply to everyone. Gotcha. Well, great stuff, Nick, as always. Some things you might not have thought about and and just know that everybody, there's a lot of people that are in the same boat as you when it comes to trying to pick out these different people that are so important to your life and to the lives of your family. So it is uh, something you want to be diligent with and think through. And hopefully this episode will help you. But if you have further questions for Nick, please get in touch with him. You can do so at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com or you can call him 513-463-6789 is that number. Nick, when they when they log on to your website and they click that big button on the front to schedule a call. What? How does that process work? What will that entail? Uh, great question. So th- the easiest way to get in touch with us uh, is through that. And if you click on the button, CincinnatiStatePlan.com to schedule a call with me, it'll pull up uh, my direct calendar with availability. And you can pick the time that works best for you to schedule a quick call with me. And then I'll probably, I like to introduce myself. We'll probably have a couple questions. And I want to learn more about your situation to see what you need help with, see what questions you have. 
and then we'll see uh, if there's a way that we can help you out and go through it. So it always starts with a, a quick phone call um, because people always have some some questions, and I always like to to introduce myself and f- and let people know how the process works. I'm a I'm a big fan of of no surprises and working with an attorney or talking to an attorney is intimidating enough. So it's the easiest way. No obligation, you know, low pressure, just a way for, for us to, to get to talk and see what we can do to help out. So click there. It goes directly to my calendar. You can schedule the time that works best for you. It will reserve it on my personal calendar. And so that way there won't be anything else going on and no one else can book something. So um, that way we can talk. And it's probably the best way to get started. Great. Again, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com is that website. All right. If you haven't subscribed to the show, please do do so as well. We appreciate that. It helps us continue to grow the show. And we appreciate all the feedback and everyone that reaches out to Nick uh, after hearing this podcast. All right, Nick, that will do it for us. Appreciate your time as always. And uh, we'll chat again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.